1: Call the dogs
2: and put out the fire. This is Baxter Black
1: on Monday here to start the week with a little radio piece. update. Starts now. A mass shooting at a Madden tournament. I'm Jeff Biggs and we start with some breaking news, very tragic news out of Jacksonville, Florida. Four people are dead and at least ten injured, if not more, after a mass shooting today at a Madden tournament in Jacksonville. Week three of the NFL preseason concludes today with a pair of games. First up from Buffalo, a late afternoon affair between the Bills and the Bengals. Rookie Josh Allen looking to lock up the Bills' starting quarterback job.
3: I mean, it's crazy to think about, definitely. But I'm not going out there to, to try to prove why I'm the starter or whatever the case may be. I'm going out there to play football and uh, move the chains, put points on the board and help this offense in whatever way I can. You know, this is uh, an opportunity for me, and, you know, I am going to take it lightly, you know, but at the same time, I'm here for whatever the team needs, um, and I'm just going to try to do my job.
1: Kickoff is at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, and then tonight, preseason Sunday Night Football on NBC as the Cowboys host the Cardinals. We'll see if Cards rookie Josh Rosen is able to go. He's a game-time decision with a thumb injury. Jason Garrett and the Cowboys not expected to play most of their offensive starters. Sunday baseball is underway. Uh, I'm sorry, one of the NFL note real quickly uh, – Former Bengal Pro Bowler Adam Pacman Jones is going to sign with the Broncos. All right, now on to baseball. The Boston Red Sox, best record in baseball, are trying to avoid getting swept at Tampa Bay. Right now they are down six to nothing in the top of the sixth. Uh, the A's are up one nothing at Minnesota. The Indians, Cleveland Indians, also trying to avoid getting swept. They are down in Kansas City, one to nothing, and the Cubs are up in the Reds, three to nothing. Golf final round of the Northern Trust. Bryson DeChambeau is on the course now with a five-shot lead at 17-under par. Tony Finau is at 12-under. Brooks Kepka at 11-under. I'm Jeff Biggs. This is NBC Sports Radio.
4: This is Dick from Carpet Masters. Carpet Masters has been serving the Inland Empire for over 60 years. We are locally owned and operated by the Stevens family. We not only clean carpet and furniture, we clean many loose rugs, including oriental rugs. Oriental rugs are cleaned in our modern facility where the fringes are cleaned by hand, then hung in our modern facility to dry. We do not use steam cleaning to clean your fine furniture. Furniture is cleaned by hand using the same absorption cleaning used in the White House. Some furniture we bring into our plant to clean properly. We normally use two men on each cleaning job using the extraction method. There is nothing that would clean carpet better for our customers. Our job is to clean properly with quality first. Google Carpet Masters San Bernardino and give us a call or go to CarpetmastersSocal.com.
2: Smoked wings are marinated overnight. Then hickory smoked low and slow. With only half the calories, so you can eat twice as many. In fact, our smoked wings are so good, you might just come to Hooters for the food. Hooters!
0: It's It's time time to to celebrate at Hooters, where there's no such thing as a party of one. one.
5: Hey guys, I'm Blair, your
6: favorite bartender. And I'm Taylor, from Hooters Riverside, Merino Valley. And we're here to get your Mondays motivated. With our great wings and delicious menu specials. All you can eat Tuesdays and our 10-10 Wednesdays. Buy 10 and get 10 bonus wings free. Check out our
5: everyday for everybody. We love everyone. Kids, moms, and cute grandpas too. And come join us for our new late night happy hour. From 9pm to closing. because Because. hooters makes
7: you
2: happy come to hooters where there's no such thing as a party of one located with a 60 and the 215 meet in riverside near merino valley for more info google hooters riverside this is kcaa there's a new furniture store in town dc furniture in the tri-city center What's so grand about D.C. Furniture? They've got a wide selection and discounts up to 70% off retail. But the best part is they carry furniture for your home, not for some magazine photos. Furniture you can live with. That's what you get at D.C. Furniture, just off the Alabama exit of Interstate 10 on Industrial Parkway in Redlands. You'll feel at home at D.C. Furniture. Life insurance is one of those subjects that many people want to change the subject rather than admit they probably don't have enough. That's why State Farm Agent Joe Amlani in Redlands focuses on how the benefits of life insurance actually live on by asking people to think in terms of life without having to sell the house insurance or life without having to give up college insurance. Find out how the benefits of life insurance can live on for your family. Call State Farm Agent Joe Amlani in Redlands at 909-894. 44619 and put the life back in life insurance. Wet and wild Palm Springs is the one where you get big water park fun. Yeah, dive into all the action-packed thrills with exciting rides, slippery slides, cool water adventures, and so many ways to just chill. So get everyone together and get to Wet and Wild Palm Springs. For unlimited fun, get a season pass. Buy now, get a free ticket for a friend and more. All for just $64.99 at wetandwildpalmsprings.com or at Food for Less.
1: Offer ends soon. Park open daily. KCAA is your CNBC news affiliate. We're the station that gets down to business.
8: Welcome to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Each week on this program, Jeff and his guests share their expertise, personal anecdotes, and the latest industry news to keep you in the loop. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the consistently changing world of real estate lending, here is your host for The Mortgage Voice, Jeff Barton.
9: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, 888-713-2929. That's the telephone number over here, and you can give us a call right now, and we can talk to you about your mortgage because I know those things are important to you, and I know the decisions you got to make right now about what your real estate needs are. Yeah, they're going to impact everything you make uh, in the future about where you live, about where your kids are going to live, about uh, where your in-laws are going to live, where your kids coming back from college are going to live. Very, very important. Real estate is the number one way people get rich in this country, and if you are one of those people who want to get in on it, you have to decide if you're going to get a mortgage, if you're going to pay cash, how you're going to get a mortgage, how you're going to qualify for it, and all these things are so important that uh, we want to dedicate this show and all the shows to that so that we can help you make decisions, because the decisions that you make today are going to impact the rest of your life, right? We've heard that said so, so many times, whether it be in, uh, whether you go to school, whether you go to college, whether you, you know, get out of high school, I mean, all along the way in your life. But this decision can impact financially. Now, there are ups and downs in the economy, and I want to talk about that right now. The economy. What's happening with the economy here locally and here nationally? Uh, so San Bernardino Riverside counties, where the show is being broadcast. Your economy right now is looking pretty good. Uh, manufacturing is good there. Obviously, uh, blue collar jobs are on the uptick. White collar jobs obviously are as well. And what I mean by that is uh, banking, finance, um, anything having to do with uh, real estate or mortgage, anything having to do with uh, high tech. All of these jobs are at the premium right now in San Bernardino and Riverside blue-collar jobs as well construction uh, maintenance uh, driving a truck things that would be considered something that you wouldn't need a high education level, but certainly skill for, Uh, and then lower skilled jobs, i.e. the um, day laborer, the gardener, uh, perhaps, somebody who um, just picks up and moves stuff around. Those jobs are also on the high uptick. Why do I bring this up? Because we are looking at real estate prices which have actually steadied and in some uh, places in the country have come down and continue to go down. Zillow last month. They came out with a report that showed that uh, 15% of the properties nationwide are reducing, uh, The price of the property, what does that mean for you? Is that there's opportunity coming. There's less buyers now. And what happens at the end of any long marathon? Anybody seen a marathon? I've been in several. Uh, I wanted to do the L.A. Marathon last year but just didn't get a chance. I've done the Boston Marathon, the Phoenix Marathon, the Portland Marathon. To mention a couple, three. Well, at the end of every race, and I don't care how fast or how slow you run the thing, but at the end of every race, what happens? You get tired. And let me tell you something, mile 22 to 26, you want to crawl. You are so tired, you can't do it anymore, and you just want to quit. That's kind of where the housing market is right now. We are at uh, at the end of a really long up in terms of how prices have been escalating throughout both San Bernardino and Riverside, all across Southern California, certainly Los Angeles, anything on the west side, and all the way up through San, San Francisco. You know, we broadcast the show all over the place. I mean, this is an internet-based um, broadcast, too. We also are on YouTube and TheMortgageVoice.com, as well as KCAA, KMET, and K Tahoe, which broadcast the show each and every week to you. And I want to say thank you to those great people. So when we talk about national trends, and then how it reflects here locally, what we're trying to do is to understand the the microcosm and the macro in what's happening in the marketplace. And my research on each and every week uh, we try to bring to the show as everybody knows people from all over the country we had last week lawana bradford from georgia uh we've had uh, maggie miller she's from north carolina we've had people from uh, our office in florida as well as illinois and a number of other states uh we're also in texas and nevada and wisconsin and again i say we because malibu funding is the my employer and also the sponsor of this show I want to thank those nice people for doing this for us so we bring this information to you and what it says to me is that across the country we are seeing a decline in the rise of real estate prices and that means that we are coming to the end of the marathon now does this mean that you're going to fall down flat in your face and it's over i don't think so but i think the um Six to eight percent to twelve to fifteen percent, which is what happened in Las Vegas last year. I think those kind of increases are not going to be sustainable. And uh, as we're seeing in the marketplace, buyers are pooped. They're done. They can't handle it anymore. They don't want to go out there and look for properties that are fifty to a hundred thousand dollars over their price range, and then try to squeeze their foot into that glass slipper. It's just not working. So they've given up. Millennials have given up. A lot of the people in the marketplace right now are people who, you know, are patient, who have the type of personality that can wait. But many, many people do not have that personality. So what happens? They rent. And what happens to the rental market is quite a bit different than what's happening in the real estate sales market. So in the rental market, we are seeing a very hmm, steady growth in rents all across uh, San Bernardino and Riverside counties. Um, it's not boding well for anybody who's coming out of college or who is entering the work uh, force out of high school or is somebody transitioning from one job to another and they just can't seem to afford a down payment on a house. you got to live somewhere, right? So rentals are going up because the demand is there and because people have given up their search for housing. I talked to a long term, uh, long-time client the other day, and I hadn't talked to her in about four months. And uh, the reason I hadn't talked to her in four months is because uh, previous to the time I did talk to her just a couple days ago, uh, we saw about 50 houses, and we put in several 10, 15 offers. And the reason that the houses weren't purchased, we got into escrow on a couple, but as always is, buyers are more of course. But there's problems with houses when the um, uh, it's a seller's market. There always is, and sellers just don't want to be um, on the hook for anything. They don't want to pay for repairs. They don't want to help you with down payment. So the problem with that, of course, is when when you're in that type of market and you are a buyer, you just get burned out at the, at the properties that just aren't what you want or you can't negotiate something that would make the property desirable for what you want. So you give up. So I'm talking to my long-term client and I called her and I said, hey, how you doing? And she says, fine, I was thinking about you and we had a nice chat and this this is well a part of what we do both in the real estate and mortgage world, but also what we do in life, right? I mean, you haven't talked to a friend, you haven't talked to somebody, you call them up to see how they're doing. Well, Well, she seemed to be more ready to get back in the market. And I talked to her about how the market has changed in the last four months. And she asked me why. And I said, well, because what we've got is a changing marketplace whereby sellers are more apt to reduce their price than they were four to six months ago. And the reason is, is that the buyers have disappeared. And we've discussed this in this segment, why the buyers have disappeared. So if you're out there, and you've got kids. I know your kids are in school. You're set for right now. But let's say that you are still curious about what's going on in the marketplace and how you might be able to take advantage of perhaps a little bit of softening, a little bit less of the arrogance of sellers. And we can call it that because when someone is the best and they get what they want, they turn arrogant in their behavior towards others, especially those who don't and haven't. So If you're out there and you're thinking about getting back into the marketplace to look around to see what's available, I think in September, October 15th to Christmas is going to be a tremendous opportunity because you're going to see prices drop, continue to drop. There'll be less people in the market and desperate sellers will be more willing at that time to be able to negotiate with you on price, on terms, and perhaps get you something which six months ago might have seemed impossible, but right now is a pretty good deal. So if you're those, if you if you've got the patience and you've got some coin in the bank and you can qualify, this is an excellent time. I'm Jeff Barton. Of course, I really appreciate everybody listening to the show. We'll be here each and every week as I uh, wind my way through the um, complicities of what's going on in the real estate market. Uh, thanks very much, and we'll be right back.
8: You're listening to the Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton.
9: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, 888-713-2929. That's a telephone number over here. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. We talk about mortgages primarily on the show, but really anything that affects real estate, real estate value, and how you're going to be able to afford what you can't currently afford or what you might not think you can afford. That's what we talk about on the show. Uh, Rates have been going up, as we've talked about before, and they will continue to go up, although the last Federal Open Market Committee meeting said, no, we will not raise rates. And we have the President chiming in on the Fed and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, It's always a balancing act when it comes to whether rates go up or rates go down. And sometimes it's connected to the Fed and sometimes it's directly connected with the bond market. But as we talk about all the time on the this show opportunities abound if you know what to look for and have the right people around you that can help you decide what to do and when to do it that's what we try to do on the show and thanks very much for listening uh with us today is a first timer on the show but uh certainly not a first timer to her ex field of expertise she's a certified reverse mortgage professional nina penny and she comes to us by way of uh, uh several different places uh, uh, uh i guess arizona would be one uh california is another nina how are you
5: I'm great.
9: How are you? I'm just great. Thank you very much, and thanks for coming on the show.
5: You're
9: welcome. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about your field or expertise. Tell us a little bit about, one, um, your, um, your certified reverse mortgage professional, um, I guess, your whatever that designation is, what it means, and why it's so important that people understand you for being associated with it, and then, of course, how you can help people as a benefit from that.
5: Sure. Um, that's quite a, a big statement, but yeah. Um, basically, a certified reverse mortgage professional, um, I got that title about two years ago. I've been doing reverse mortgages for about 14 years, right. and I wanted to do something to stand out from all the competition, and I felt as if I was a real professional, and so I. To, you know, back that up, I went, and I became certified. There's only 151 in the United States who have that certification. Um, Where I think we take it a step above. We're really concerned about uh, the industry, concerned about the people we help, um, educating people. Um, it sets us apart because we know all the rules, and we know all the ins and outs, and we know how the process should go, and hopefully we make it a lot easier for clients um, when they decide to go with someone who is certified.
9: Now, the um, reverse mortgage product has always had a stigma attached to it. I think Hmm. we on the show have tried to dispel that for as long as we've been on the show, about five years. Obviously, people don't realize at times, I guess, that, This is not something by which you can lose your house, right? I mean, that's what everybody's thinking. I might Mm -hmm. lose my house. This is a problem. What happens when I die? Could you just explain or re-explain for the audience exactly what the reverse mortgage product is and how it works?
5: Sure. Um, There are a lot of misconceptions, so... Number one, a lot of people think of a, resort, a reverse mortgage as uh, a loan for you know last resort, and that's really not the case. Most of my clients right now are financial planners, and I work with a lot of seniors who are trying to figure out you know how to get additional funding stream in retirement years, right. and a reverse fits that need. Um, but a lot of people are concerned that they're going to lose their home, so a reverse mortgage is basically set up that it's an FHA-backed loan, which means it has mortgage insurance. So you'll never owe more than the value of the home. So let's say the market, you know, goes in a downfall and you have to sell the house, and you owe more than the, you know, the value of the home. You never owe more. So we would always work off of the appraised value, not what is owed on the statement. So a lot of people feel that the bank's going to take the home, that's not the
9: case. Give us give us an idea of how you qualify. Give us like the you know the top five things you need to qualify for a reverse mortgage.
5: Sure. You obviously have to have some equity in your home. Okay. Um, you normally it's sixty two years or older, but we have a new product now coming out that's going to go down to the age of sixty. Right. So at least one person as of right now has to be sixty two. Um, you have to be able to off the mortgage in the reverse mortgage, have enough equity built up in the home. Right. And income qualification means that, you know, we do have minimal income requirements.
9: And that's to pay that's for the taxes it. and stuff like that?
5: Yes, yeah. So what we do is we actually look at how many people are in the household. So let say there's 200 people in the household. And depending on what state, there's a specific number, um, which is what they consider residual income.
10: Oh, I see. Okay. So...
5: You know, if you make let say you make three thousand dollars a month, and you have no, you know, no debt, and your taxes and insurance is a hundred dollars a month on the average, um, and you're one person, so figure of residual income would be the six hundred plus the amount of money that you know it takes to upkeep the house. So it'd be seven hundred. You'd well qualify.
9: Okay, excellent. Um, any credit score requirements for this type of loan? None.
5: No credit score requirements. However, um, if there are adverse credit in the past 12 or 24 months, it might, in, the lender might insist that you have a Lisa, which is a taxes and insurance set
9: aside. I see. And what kind of counseling? I heard there's a, a bunch of counseling that the uh, borrower has to do. And what's the cost on that?
5: So the, the cost um, fluctuates. It's normally about $150, 125 to 150 Okay. And the counseling isn't really to, it's a safeguard put in place, and that's to protect our seniors uh, against misinformation. So I if see. a client sits with me, I go over their information with them. They go to the counseling. You know, the counselor should just reinforce what I've said to them. Right. It's just a safeguard in
9: place. Okay, so the protection is on the uh, senior citizens through the counseling. You go through the whole program with them. There's a set of, uh, I guess, four or five things that they have to absolutely start with. And how long does the process take, and and how much does the uh, rate cost?
5: So the process takes approximately, it can take 30 to 45 days. Of course, it depends upon, um, you know, the amount of time it takes before they can get their counseling done on the appraisal. But, you know, I would figure 45 days. Okay. And there's only out-of-pocket fees, and that would be for the counseling and also for the appraisal.
9: Okay, very good. Now, there are some unusual twists or, or, uh, I guess, different products that um, uh, the reverse mortgage has. We were talking off-air about some of the jumbo reverse. What what is that?
5: So basically what happened is that um, people with higher-value homes wanted a reverse mortgage, but, um, you know, it, they weren't getting enough out of the standard HECM. So a lot of companies have now come out with a private reverse mortgage, has all the same benefits as a standard HECM, um, except it has no mortgage insurance. It's just built into the rate, and um, it goes up to $4 million.
9: So if, as long as you meet the equity requirements in the house, whether it be, I don't know, 45 50%, is that still what it is? Depending on the age, but yes. Okay, then you could possibly pull the rest out in cash? Yes. Well, that seems like a very good deal. I mean, if you have, I mean, especially with the house prices in San Bernardino Riverside, the way they are and the way they're going up, seems like anybody out there who is a, of age who needs some cash for either, you know, investment for some residual income in retirement or okay. just needs a, a big piggy bank sounds like a pretty good product.
5: Well, I have to say that, you know, the one part about reverse mortgage that makes a lot of people stand up and take notice is the line of credit.
9: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I see. You know, using mm-hmm.
5: a reverse mortgage as a standby that has a growth rate of approximately 5%. To watch that compound against itself over the course of years has some of the greatest financial planners looking at that, mm-hmm. thinking that this is a great standby product.
9: Wow, that's excellent. Nina, could you shout out your phone number for me, please? Sure. It's 480-635-2410. Okay, this is Nina Penny, and she's a terrific reverse mortgage specialist as well. You do forward loans as well, right? I mean, you're, you're full service. Yes. Okay, excellent. And uh, for those people who are listening right now, her telephone number is 480-635-2410. Nina, thanks very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Want to have you back because uh, as we get tighter in the economy, the reverse mortgage product is probably going to look better and better to a lot of people. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much. And I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back.
8: You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton.
9: Welcome back everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, 888-713-2929. That's our telephone number. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We talk about mortgages. We talk about real estate. We talk about anything and everything to do with How are you going to get your next house? What are you going to do if you do get your next house? And are you going to stay in that house for a long time? All these questions are really important when you're trying to get a mortgage. Mortgages are easier yet harder to get. And I'll explain that probably in a later section. But in terms of uh, some of the things other than a standard fixed 30-year loan. You can get all kinds of non-QM, and that's qualified mortgage. We've talked about that many times on the show, and we've talked about the solutions that a lot of our different lenders and lending partners bring to us. Uh, One of those, of course, from ACC Mortgage. We've not had her on the show before, but I really appreciate it. Uh, Kelly Brown. Kelly, how are you today?
7: I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you
9: today? You know what? I'm a little stressed, and I'll tell you why. The market is not cooperating with us, and we're losing borrowers to the difficulty of getting loans. So I wanted to have you on the show to tell us what your company is doing to try to help me and my borrowers get loans um, in a a better or easier fashion. And really, that's all I'm just telling a story here, right? So really, I'm I'm just asking you, what's happening with your business? um, And maybe give a little background of who you are in ACC for the people who don't know you or them.
7: Sure. Well, my name is Kelly Brown. I'm a senior account executive with ACC Mortgage. We're based out of Rockville, Maryland. I'm actually out of California, though, uh, Newport Beach. Um, ACC Mortgage actually stands for All Credit Considered. Um, We've been in business for just almost 20 years, made it through the crash and everything. We are a non-QM portfolio lender, and we actually, our niche products are um, foreign nationals, ITIN programs, Um, we can do 12 and 24 month bank statement programs, we have an asset depletion program, and we have a NEVA program standing for No Income Verification of Assets. On purchases and refinances, and then a Nina program, which is no income, no assets on refinances. Um, we specialize in non-warrantable condos, and we can do um, large acreage, up to ten acres as well.
9: Let me ask you a question. That's a lot of products, and I want to focus on the Nina, no income, no asset program for a second. Tell okay. us a little bit about that. What kind of equity do you need in that? And the reason I bring that up is because we have a large and varied audience that listens to the show. But anytime something sounds as good as this kind of program, it reminds us a little bit of 2008. So tell us a little bit about the program, how the protections are built in for the market, and um, what kind of customer you're looking for. Well, this would be for
7: um, uh, self employed. Um, Borrower, most okay. likely, um, and the, uh, the application would be actually um, blank on the income part and blank on the asset part, and it's only applicable, like I said, for refinances, so they can't purchase a home right. um, using that program and product. Um, the It would be based off of our investor rate sheet, and um, depending on credit, the interest rates would fluctuate. Um, but most, in most terms, it would be for the person who has at least 20% of equity in their property. And then they could move forward with that loan to get a loan proposal from
9: us. Now, is this the type of loan that may be a bridge loan to getting a conventional loan or some kind of a standard um, portfolio product, not portfolio product, but a standard Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan, meaning that maybe you maybe you were in the market for hard money at one point, now you want to bridge that, get a lower interest rate possibly towards your ultimate goal of getting a uh, Fannie or Freddie loan?
6: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone.
7: Yes, that that's one opportunity you could use this program for. I see. Um, and you're not going to have to pay the like you said. It's kind of a bridge between hard money non-QM going into Fannie and Freddie regular right. conventional loans. Um, and you're not going to be paying a rate a hard money rate, which would be uh, much higher than the rates that we're offering on our investor rate sheet for this Neva and Nina program, because the rates fluctuate on the rate sheet anywhere between 5.99 on up. um, Worst credit scenario, which would be 620 FICO score to 8.99. And those would be the par rates.
9: Of course. And because, you know, hard money could be anywhere from 10 to, you know, 14 percent, depending on exactly your credit score, the amount of money in the deal, a lot of things. So this could be that, medium ground. What kind of borrowers uh, look for this type of program? You said um, self-employed, obviously, but uh, who else would be a good candidate for this kind of program?
7: A person that's not showing a lot of income on paper, um, but might have a heavy cash flow coming in um, as income. Right. And and like I said, probably uh, most likely the self-employed.
9: Right. Exactly. So, when did you guys roll these programs out?
7: Oh, uh, I believe they were rolled out about a year or so. Um, okay. Prior to me coming on board.
9: I see. And and how are the, how are you doing with them?
7: Great. It's one of our hot products. I mean. I bet. Yes, um, especially the the Nevas because. Um, can use those for your second homes or
9: investors
7: right. cannot use these programs on primary residences so i have to emphasize that
9: okay so these would be what investor properties
7: investor mm-hmm. yeah second homes
9: investor second homes. Okay, both of those things are obviously what we let off the show talking about how do we get residual income long term, especially when you've got maybe some disasters in your family, you got a, you know, education you got to have uh, paid for. So there's all kinds of reasons why which you need income property and this would be a perfect example of what you could use this loan for, right? That's yes,
7: exactly. And we can actually use this particular loan product, um, the investor product, on two to four units, condos, and also non-warrantable condos
9: as well. Tell people what non-warrantable condos are, because you hear that, and you only really need to know it when you can't get a loan, because it's <laughs> a non-warrantable contract, I mean condo. So tell people what that is, and maybe uh, provide them with the solution that you have, too.
7: Yeah, it's, it's based off of um, the particular condo project. And how um, many investors have actually bought into the project versus how many investors are actually or have bought units and are actually living there as a primary residence. And usually a questionnaire has to be filled out. And then, depending on how the questionnaire is answered, would determine whether it's a non warrantable condo or not. But the good news is at ACC, we can do non warrantable condos um, pretty much 99.9% of the time.
9: Now, there are certain places around the country. I think Florida is one of the places you guys do business, right? That's correct. Okay, so in Florida, as well as a couple other places, the condo market really sank when uh, the economy hit hit the skids. And uh, I don't know if they have come back 100%, but a lot of the problems of these condo associations were that they were underwater, they were underfunded, and there was you know uh, no lender who would lend in situations like that. Is that what you're talking about a little bit?
7: Yes, that's correct, um, because of the crash and um, hurricanes and so forth. That right, of course. And as well, have an effect on that. So um, a lot of lenders are a lot more strict um, due to that fact. So that's one of the advantages to considering us if you're considering to purchase the non-warrantable condo we can do those
9: loans for you that's interesting the weather related elements that you mentioned yes there's a bunch of them in california right now with the fires how are you guys handling that when you are in escrow or somebody wants to use a loan in a particular area that has been either ravaged by flood or fire or hurricane what happens in those circumstances
7: well it, it has to be um looked at um very clearly by our our senior underwriter and Uh um, and analyzed and so forth to see if we'd be willing to lend in those weather-restricted areas.
9: Sure. Sure. No, and I understand that. Obviously, nobody wants to lend where they you know, are, are in danger of either losing the house because of the hurricane or fire or flood or never getting their money out because there is no more unit anymore. Listen, Kelly, thanks for coming on the show. We are up against it. That was a very quick 10 minutes, but I do appreciate you spending time with us, educating everybody about products over at ACC.
7: Thanks so much, Jeff.
9: Thank you very much. And I'm Jeff Barton. Day. Oh, and you too. Thank you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back.
8: You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at Now back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton.
9: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, 888-713-2929. That's our telephone number. And pick up the phone and give us a call. We are here each and every week answering questions about your mortgage and what you need to do to get a mortgage, or maybe you want to refinance a mortgage. Although, if you're one of these people that hasn't refied by now, I, I have something to say to you. But we have to do that off air. We can't do it on air. Um, the reason is, is that uh, we have got rising interest rates. Um, we have had a federal open market committee meeting just say recently that they're not going to raise now, but we are looking forward probably to September uh, raising and possibly again in November. So listen, rates are very important to your mortgage. You probably know this, but If it goes up an eighth of a point or a quarter of a point, it could cost you tens and thousands of dollars over the term of your loan of 30 years, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars if you've got a high-end loan and you've got a 30-year mortgage term. So don't be silly. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. I really appreciate it. And also, if you want to uh, contact us by email, it's info at malibufunding.net. My Twitter handle is at Jeff6493. We're on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, type in the channel, which is Jeff Barton the real estate voice. And um, each and every week, we do bring to the show some interesting and great guests. Uh, We try to bring both people who are knowledgeable on the origination and also those who help us uh, secure mortgages for borrowers, i.e. lenders themselves. And from Sprout Mortgage Today is Dennis Kelly, first time on the show. Dennis, thanks for coming on the show.
3: Jeff, thanks for having me today.
9: Yeah, thank you very much. And I do appreciate it. I know that your time is valuable. Tell us a little bit about what's happening with Sprout.
3: Sure. Well, Sprout Mortgage is what they call in the mortgage industry non-agency lending. So what we look at are loans that typically a a normal lender might pass by. Maybe there's somebody that had a recent credit event, maybe a life event happened, such as a divorce or loss of job, medical event. So we look at people like that where they're not able to enter the market back with traditional financing mortgage products. And we'll take a second look and potentially give them a chance to get back into the real estate ownership part of life. Uh, a little sooner than they would do it with traditional financing.
9: You but know, um, what we do. I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: Yeah, but just there's a few more things. I'll just briefly touch upon them. Sure. But other areas that we focus on are self-employed borrowers. A lot of times Uncle Sam affords opportunities to self-employed borrowers where they can write a lot of expenses off their real estate taxes. Well, when you get into the nitty-gritty of it, right. traditional mortgage lenders, they're not going to qualify, but we could do alternative documentation qualification. Maybe we look at their bank statements and so forth. So there's a lot of things for investors, for people with recent credit events, anybody that falls off of the traditional financing means, a lot of times they may have a home with us at Sprout Mortgage.
9: Great. And uh, you lend in all 50 states?
3: Well, we are in 45 states. uh, For the most, most part, we're in every major populous state.
9: Okay. Yes, I know those other states. I used to have licenses in those states, never did a loan, and so I don't have licenses there anymore. I know exactly where you mean. And, uh, certainly. Um, so, um, uh, you as an AE, you've been in the business a long time?
3: Yes, over 20 years.
9: Wow. Really 20 years that's that's great because uh, I I don't know if I could be in a 20 year. I'm almost 20 years. Actually I'm over 20 years. What am I saying? I'm in the real estate business and mortgage business 20 years. But it's a stressful business. When you're dealing with people who are, are making the biggest financial decisions of their lives and everything kind of hangs on you, especially when you're dealing with non-traditional buyers and perhaps, you know, people that are uh, submitting packages that have to be underwritten manually. How do you handle the stress? How do you manage the uh, process from uh, beginning to and, and and keeping the buyers, um, I guess, you know, uh, satisfied that the process is, is at least fair, if not um, positive.
3: Well, what, one of the things that we focus on, it, Jeff, at Sprout Mortgage is looking at everything on the front end and considering any elements of the loan as early in the process as possible to eliminate any of the potential pitfalls or surprises that may arise later in the process. The last thing, a borrower wants, a purchaser of a home, yep. would like to hear as they're getting close to moving in, and they find out, well, this certain document disqualifies you from the loan. So we try to be, in one word, be proactive in the way that we consider these loans. So from the very beginning, if we're talking to loan officers and brokers, right. we do what's called a prequalification, which I know you're well aware of. But let's look at all the elements. Let's put everything on the table. If we need to disclose something at the beginning, let's consider Because a lot of times we can maybe have workarounds to certain situations. Maybe we can mitigate the risk. But if we're finding out about it later in the process, our hands may be tied. So one of the things that we really emphasize is being proactive. And then two is overcommunication. Whenever these processes are going on, particularly for borrowers that potentially have never heard of these type of loans, they don't know what to expect next. Right. So if we can communicate, set the expectations, and make certain continuously throughout the process, everybody's aware of where we're at and what are the next steps.
9: Give us, give us an example of something that would be a stumbling block late in the process that nobody had thought of before. And the only reason I bring this up is because it happens all the time, well, not all the time, but it happens occasionally to any, even A-paper loans. Uh, they're just something stumbling block that just they can't get over. Give us an example of something sure. like that.
3: Sure. I mean, I can give you a few quick examples. Great. Let's say, for example, uh, you had a loan for a, uh, an investment property, but you thought that you didn't personally guarantee it, and maybe you had a short sale. Something happened and you let the property go a year or two ago. Well, if we're doing a background check later in the process and we find out there was a short sale or a foreclosure, that might disqualify you from the loan that you're applying for. So it's right. important, for example, on that, uh, that you get that to us at, at as early in the process as possible. But also for some of these self-employed borrowers, uh, we may be looking at quite a few months' bank statements. Right. And if there's something that's changed in the financial picture in the recent bank statements that wasn't disclosed to us, that could maybe disqualify you from an income standpoint. So there's just a whole host of things uh, so you want to work with a broker or a banker that you trust, and then obviously the broker banker works with us, the lender, uh, That the whole value chain, just the continuous communication throughout the process will help eliminate or mitigate uh, some of those steps.
9: Now, well, the fine line
3: between, as you said, loan officers, that's how they feed their families. Yep. So, so sometimes the people that aren't producing that much will go, to, uh, go through means that otherwise they may not go through to get loans done. So specifically in our product group, yes, there is increased risk for fraud, but there are many more fraud-mitigating mechanisms in the marketplace today that didn't exist 10 or 12 years ago, such as verification processes. You know, and there's just a lot of things that were leading up to the subprime meltdown. They didn't exist back then. Now they do. So even as much as going to the appraisals and using uh, appraisal management companies versus going to an appraiser and buying a value. If you can't give me XYZ value, I'm going to go to the appraisal next door. So those type of things help to minimize the fraud. They don't eliminate it, but they do help to minimize the fraud.
9: That's, that's great information, and I totally agree with you. I mean, when I ask this of, of some people, they get a little upset with me just because hey i'm on the radio and you're asking me questions about fraud well it's it's a factor of life in our business and we always have to uh, caution buyers and borrowers about documentation and and the penalties that come with it because quite frankly my license is on the line and you know twenty years in prison and a million dollar fine is no joke so we want to make sure that you know everybody in the business knows Really, that uh, honesty, being upfront and disclosing, 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 is always the way to go because there is an answer to most loan issues.
3: Yes, and Jeff, one, Jeff, one, one quick story I can tell you about back about twenty, well, no, about thirteen years ago okay. when I contacted the FBI about fraud. Um, the FBI reply, replied to me. There was a property that it had there was no property, the appraisal appraised the, no property, title, HOI. Everybody was involved in it. The, the FBI's response to me was Dennis. We can't do anything about it. We don't have the manpower because they were so focused on terrorism.
10: Right. Well, after
3: the meltdown, they now have, as most people know, they have a special division towards mortgage and financial fraud. Yep. So I've been in contact with the FBI since then on things, and they're very motivated to uh, pursue any type of fraudulent activity. So you just, again, we all know people that went down the wrong path, and it's not something yep. from a borrower or from a low standpoint that you'd want to follow.
9: Excellent. Hey, listen, could you uh, shout out your phone number for anybody who might want to talk to you about some of these great products? Sure,
3: sure. sure. So our phone number, it's, it's a toll-free number, available seven days a week. It's 888-943-2833.
9: Okay, just uh, one minute left. Uh, can you tell me, do you guys hold on to your paper? Do you sell your paper? The reason I ask is because liquidity in the non-QM space is always of issue to me because I want to make sure that it, you know people continue to have the opportunity to borrow money.
3: Yeah, so I mean, we do sell all of our paper. If you're not selling your paper, you're not going to get the most aggressive term. So if somebody came to me and said, I want, say, a 5% rate, and I want you to hold the paper, guess what? If somebody's holding the paper, the rate's 9%.
10: Right. So you're
3: not going to get as an aggressive Comp or, or rate, if, if you are holding paper now. As far as liquidity, there is so much liquidity in the non-QM market. It, right. their, investors are starving for it. The um, the default rate on this non-QM paper is approximately the same as conforming defaults.
9: That's amazing, so when isn't it? you get it? a
3: higher weighted average. Yep. You know, it's a good it's a good product. It's not it's not yesteryear's subprime product. It's much different. The risk is mitigated, and fraud is minimized.
9: Dennis, thank you very much for coming on the show. This has been Dennis Kelly from Sprout Mortgage. I really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Jeff. Have a great day.
9: And you have a great day, too. And I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back.
8: You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For questions or comments, send emails to info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton.
9: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry, 888-713-2929. That's the telephone number. If you pick up the phone and give us a call, we will answer your questions about mortgages. If you want to email us, info at malibufunding.net. We are on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, it's... Uh, the channel is Jeff Barton, the real estate voice, and you will see hmm, hundreds of shows there about what we talk about here. And also on our Las Vegas show, which talks about the market out in Las Vegas, the real estate market and the opportunities out there. There are a number of opportunities all over the real estate world right now. We're seeing some flattening in prices. We're seeing mortgage rates kind of steady, uh, although they will be rising, uh, more this year. I think we'll probably get another half point raise. And by this time in 2019, which is really what we talked about last week's show. Uh, we might see a point higher in terms of the mortgage rates. So if we're at 4.875 to 5.25% now, well, we're going to be at 5.875 and 6.25% in that range a year from now. Um, the agency loans, government loans, non-QM loans, they are all products designed right now um, to try to maximize the number of borrowers in the system. What we have for most of the major lenders, maybe, maybe you've paid attention out there and, and seen what's going on. There's a lot of mergers and a lot of acquisitions, what they call MA. and And uh, the reason for that is that we have a very uh, limited amount of loans. Now, when I say limited amount, we're talking about $1.7, $1.8 trillion in loans. Now, that sounds like a lot of loans, right? But if you're comparing that to the year before, the year before that when we're doing – and close to $3 trillion, you can see that what we've had is a 30 to 35% contraction in the uh, mortgage market, in the mortgage origination, and that affects everybody across the board, from large companies that have overhead, whether it be a bank, whether it be a mortgage banker, whether it be um, uh, heavily invested uh, software solution companies. Um, I mean, even look at uh, Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage came out, I don't know, about two, three years ago, and they were solely um, uh, aiming for the millennial marketplace, and they were just hammering their advertisement. Well, they've since cut back that particular uh, ad Campaign and they're really going for Rocket Mortgage is a component of Quicken Loans, so they're they're combining both. Why? Because uh, there's only so many millennials out there, and from what I've read recently, the millennials have kind of given up on the market a lot of it because they just can't afford it. And being the fact that the real estate prices keep going up, and uh, what we have also is uh, mortgage rates going up, they just say, yeah, forget it. I don't want to do it anymore. I just I'm out." So if the millennial market, which is the largest, market in the United States. It's the largest uh, mortgage market ever, really, if these people got into the marketplace, but uh, they just don't want to. So all of this means that mergers and acquisitions, buyouts, um, uh, straight people getting out of the loan business, yeah, that's happening right now. And uh, as a result of that, well, we're going to see some contractions continue probably until late into 2019 and when that happens we might see a a little bit better in terms of uh, rate and a little bit better in terms of compensation Uh, the compensation which really is the independent mortgage broker the independent mortgage banker and the non-depository institutions uh, lifeblood I mean the compensation means I have a loan and I'm gonna sell it to you and you're gonna give me money that's what it means it's not about originating the loan to the borrower who then borrows the money from you no it's on the back end of the transaction when you have the loan completed, and then you sell it to any number of different places. And that's true for anybody in the origination business. Well, all of us depend mightily on origination compensation. The compensation that is given to us is regulated very heavily by the CFPB, Dodd-Frank, and the individual states. So, if we have mortgage origination down, and by the way, one in nine people in the United States work in the real estate business. Now, when I say real estate business, I mean the construction business, the mortgage business, the title business, the escrow business, um, sales, uh, real estate agents, all of these components that go into real estate, whether it's new home sales, whether it's track home sales, whether it's existing home sales, townhomes, condos, uh, mobile homes, you name it, uh, timeshares, all of these things that are comprised of the real estate market. Land sales. I mean, there have been a number of large land sales in Southern California over the last four or five years um, looking for the opportunity to go out and build thousands of homes and they're trying to continue the track which was up through Palmdale and the uh, Uh, Victorville area. Uh, At one time there was slated to be 250,000 new homes up there and that kind of got killed during the last recessions. But if you're in San Bernardino and Riverside right now and you're looking around and trying to figure out what the best opportunity for you is, as I said in an earlier uh, segment of the show, best thing to do is kind of wait right now. And why do I say that? Because we've seen a softening of the real estate prices and we are going to see a a flattening of um, the mortgage rate between hikes. Um, So we had a little bit of softening on mortgage rates. And again, mortgage rates are still pretty low. If you're looking at um, $500,000 mortgage at 5%, um, that's still pretty low. And I mean, that's a 5% of... uh, Five hundred thousand is twenty-five thousand simple interest per year. So you divide that by twelve, and your you know payment is probably anywhere from twenty-five hundred to thirty-five hundred, depending on what the loan product is, which is still very affordable for uh, a property at five hundred thousand. And a five hundred thousand dollar price tag in certain cities can buy you a mansion. Now in other cities, you can't buy you anything. I mean, you go to Rancho, you go to some of these other very high-end cities in the in the uh, Inland Empire, and you're not going to be able to buy much with five hundred thousand. But for most people in the areas that we're talking about. Uh, yeah, 500000 is pretty good. Uh, I think you will be able to afford a very nice house for that, and I think we will see real estate prices softening somewhat. Uh, a couple of the news to use sections here. Uh, 9% of U.S. homeowners are underwater on their mortgage. Interesting um, to note that Even though – and there's been a lot of articles recently about the recession and what happened and what has happened since. It's been 10 years. You think about that right now. It's 2018. In 2008, we were looking at um, the collapse of some major banks, the mergers of some other larger banks, institutions like – I don't know if anyone remembers Countrywide or some of the other um, larger institutions that are no longer around anymore, Goldman Sachs. Um, You know, just think of these – really mainstay companies of the 90s and the early 2000s, they're just not around anymore. But we are still feeling the effects, both in the economy and in uh, houses that are underwater. Did you know that across the U.S., Daryl, did you know this? 10% of the homes across the U.S. are still underwater or underwater, meaning they owe more than the house is worth.
12: Oh, I certainly believe that, yeah.
9: So if you consider that number is about 4,100,000, is about forty. Million forty-five million dollar uh, forty-five million home homes in the U.S. and um, that are uh, owned by a, obviously a borrower, and four million uh, one hundred thousand of these homes are underwater. That seems like a lot to me.
12: That's a substantial number, you know. And obviously, there's going to be some action taken on those homes at some point or another, and it's going to put those people eventually out of the street. And once they're on the street. You know, there's got to be a a whole other raft of activity to get them back into some
9: sort of uh, housing. Now, some of the cities that were really underwater during the recession, places like Las Vegas and Detroit, Phoenix. Yeah, um, let's see some of these others on this list. Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, a lot of it, a lot in Missouri as well. Surprisingly, St. Louis, for instance. Well, these St. Louis, Missouri today has 12 percent of their properties underwater. 12%. 12 percent that's a lot which is above the, the average it's above the norm exactly right but some of the cities like Chicago Illinois they have 15 percent underwater another city well you can big, tell big
12: numbers yeah. well you De- know Detroit probably as well.
9: well let's see what is Detroit here on this list uh, Detroit Detroit 10.8 yeah, percent yeah that's I mean above they average. haven't
12: come back from you know the auto
9: industry failing there but interestingly enough look San Francisco 3.1 percent there's still properties underwater in San Francisco. Hard San Francisco
12: is a very expensive town to live
9: in. The most expensive town, I think, in in the U.S. is. Uh, I believe that's true. Yeah, I think it is too. So, um, just another uh, rent, rent
12: rent a couch thousand yeah, dollars.
9: Exactly right. Um, let's see okay this is what I was talking about fourteen percent of all listings in June saw a price cut this is from Zillow so fourteen percent of all the homes listed on Zillow saw a price cut now I don't know how many millions of homes are uh, on Zillow but that's a big number because it's up from eleven point seven percent in two thousand
12: sixteen and then there's the people that say they listed uh, and three days later they got ten offers and you had to go cash it above the uh, the the offer the listing price to, to get the
9: house. Well, I just think that there's a trend... It's not an avalanche, it's not like something that's going to be happening to everybody, but the softening in the real estate market is a good thing because what we need more of is cheaper real estate so that we can bring millennials back to the market and bring people back to the market who really want to buy but currently can't afford it because the prices keep going up. No question, no question, but but part of it is is the
12: lack of commitment from employers
9: anymore anyway.
12: I well, mean, that's it used true. to be you took a job yeah. somewhere for life and permanently lived in a city. That's Not the case anymore.
9: Listen, I'm Jeff Barton. Darrell, thanks very much for jumping in. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Okay, very good. I'm Jeff Barton. I'm your voice in the real estate market. I really appreciate you listening to the show, and we'll see you next time.
8: You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. For more on today's topic, visit www.malibufunding.net.
1: Caa Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Your NBC Sports Radio update starts now. Wrapping up the dress rehearsal, I'm Jeff Biggs, and week three of the NFL preseason concluding today with a pair of games.